This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. That was more Winnipeg Jet hockey. We were hard to play against. We were uh, creating some offense, but defensively we cut down the chances against drastically. And, and that's huge. And the, it, offense from defense, uh, we needed to score some goals because we were playing that well. But uh, it's, it's, it's just a, a, another hard, a strong reminder to our players, you play the right way and we play like that, that we're going to be successful. Well, I'll be honest, Winnipeg Jets Nation, texting the show 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. I need honesty. And um, my my guest who we're going to bring on in a moment was demanding something very similar during the postgame show. We'll never know if he truly got honesty, but if I'm being honest, I sure was nervous in those final 10 minutes of that third period. I wasn't so certain of a Winnipeg Jets comeback based on what we had seen against Buffalo and Philadelphia and the scoring woes and the missed six opportunities on the man advantage. That's got to get sorted out. But the Winnipeg Jets pulled one out. 4-2, big win over the St. Louis Blues. Big win, big win. And we uh, bring on to the program Derek Taylor, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 680 CJOB uh, sports broadcaster. Uh, Derek, how you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? Thank you. Very good. Thank you for demanding honesty yesterday. And I'm, I, I don't know. Do, I, I'm sure. I mean, Paul Edmonds is not somebody who, uh, you know, Paul Edmonds isn't going to come out here. Of course, voice of the Winnipeg Jets here on 680 CJOB. He's not going to say something that isn't true. Uh, so if he believed um, late in that game, and I can honestly say that I was, I was really starting to feel the doubt there, um, he's a special individual. He's a special individual, and that's probably why they have him calling Winnipeg Jets games here on 680 CJOB. I mean, how are you feeling, Derek? Uh, I feel okay. Like, I felt after I talked to, after we talked to Kyle Connor, he was our live guest in yeah. the post game show. And we said, I said, I just, all I want to know in the world, Kyle, you can have my, you can make it my birthday gift and my Christmas gift all wrapped up <laughs> into one. I just want to know what was happening in the locker room, in the dressing room after the second period. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, it was fine. We were just talking like, hey, let's keep going. And we, during the second intermission, were thinking, who's smashing stuff? Who's, who's getting real mad at somebody? Who's firing it up for everybody else? Because... They were getting stoned by a by a you know reasonably good goalkeeper mm-hmm. and unable to to do much with the thirty shots on goal they had. I I had this perception. I don't want to push it on to, to Christian and Darren, but yeah. I had this perception of like these guys are they're gonna this is a potential disaster and it's not going great. And oh my god, burn it all down. Uh, and Kyle Connor was like, yeah, we were just thinking it was uh, we were eventually going to get one. Like the dam would break. Like, oh, okay. So uh, now, okay. Well, let me change my whole perspective on this game because they did have uh, control of the puck, and I mean, after they scored that, after they scored this, the first goal, they just didn't allow St. Louis to breathe at all. Yeah. So they they finally, for the first time since an Ottawa game, the Ottawa game, they took a team that wasn't as good as they are, and they showed them, hey, mm-hmm. we're better than you are. They showed themselves, hey, we're better than they are. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. But I, you know, I, I, the, I was, I thought they were going to be snake bitten, Derek. And I, and I heard you saying that in the post game show, and I 100% agreed with you. Just because of Jordan Bennington stopping 31 uh, shots in that first period and the first two periods there, I just had a feeling, just based on watching the power play, the missed opportunities, the times that Bennington stoned them, I was just like, 
you know, they, they finally are moving the puck and they're finally putting this puck sort of in the right spots here, but they're just getting snake bitten. And, and that's just what I felt like I was, I was already accepting the fact, okay, the jets are going to be heading into the all-star break. They're going to be down for nothing here, or they're going to be losing four games in a row. And I'm hoping they're going to use that break. They're going to be ticked off and then they're going to come back better. Uh, but of course, this is a better scenario. Get a good feeling going. So them and well, as well as the fan base isn't miserable uh, leading up into yeah. the 11th and, and the Chicago Blackhawks in town. Well, and to, to your point, in the first 40 yeah. minutes, were the difference makers the difference makers? I, I not really. No, like, no. It was, it was like, it was, you know what, Derek, and, and this is what happened. When Josh Morrissey finally got that goal, and I said this earlier on today during my, my, my 25 after the hour sports here on 680 CJOB, all of a sudden the passes were a little bit crisper. All of a sudden the, the, the skating was more north-south. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, those uh, you know the, the those sort of plays that we'd saw that were causing turnovers, where they were just trying to be overcomplicated. All of a sudden, everything started to simplify, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, it just something clicked. And the Winnipeg Jets, and I, I don't know, Josh Morrissey. I've never seen that kind of energy from him uh, ever. I don't think. Oh, he cursed. He cursed. I can't believe crowd, he swore. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, uh, so uh, I wondered. I wondered at the time uh, if it was okay. St. Louis is going to run out of steam here, right? Because yeah. St. Louis, I mean, to to hold that up and to not have those things go bad, like they were. I think it was probably f- fifteen seconds before uh, before the second goal happened and f- for the Jets, the Shifley goal. Mm. I'd written in my notes, man. St. Louis. It feels like St. Louis is outclassed, but they're really working hard to survive. Mm-hmm. And then they give that puck away. Bing, bang, boom! It's in the goal. You go, okay, well, you're not surviving anymore. The thing that you guys were doing, you know, keeping the puck away, winning defensive zone draws, just keeping a better team at bay, kind of the hockey version of parking the bus in front of mm-hmm. goal, uh, has has gone away, and it was it was over at that point. So I kind of wonder if St. Louis, a team that, you know, they played a ton of games too, they lost four in a row going into that one. I wonder if they kind of ran out of steam and went, yeah, okay, well, this is as far as we could swim, and now we're just going to drown because uh, the the water you know, running downhill on us is just too much. 30 games left for the Winnipeg Jets this season. How does this win affect it? Can you imagine what this show would have been like, how you would have opened this show <laughs> if they'd lost four in a row and no game until we're probably going to lose to the Blackhawks on February 11th, right? It's yeah. it's so different. And and you have to. I have to believe that the players, you know, to be able to – to go off wherever they're going, whatever they're doing for their well-deserved break, um, to not be on a on a four-game losing streak in six of their last eight, to not have to think about that kind of stuff, to mm-hmm. be either positive or just neutral about their final game, mm-hmm. I gotta feel that's so that's so much more relaxing. Oh, I, I just I have to believe it's it's just a huge positive that 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 turnaround in the third period will pay dividends. And I and I said in the post game show last night. There's going to be a point. Uh, pretend the Jets, like pretend there's a, the world where the Jets make a deep playoff run, like mm. they're in the Western Conference Final. Someone, you know, the color guy from Sportsnet or one of the studio analysts from Sportsnet is going to go. You know when this really started for the Jets? You know why they're up three uh, one in this series against the the Vegas Golden Knights? It's because of one night in January they were down two nothing to St. Louis and Bing Bang Boom, Josh Morrissey told the crowd, let's bleep and go. Like, mm-hmm. th- that's that's to me the kind of turnaround that was, that someone, who knows if that's the truth, mm-hmm. but 
the commentator is going to seem super smart because the roll-in will come behind it of Josh Morrissey pumping his fist and yelling at the crowd because it was it was that big a deal in those 20 minutes in my mind. You know, yeah. it may be that big a deal in a very small range, but ultimately if you want to start drawing narratives to the season four months from now, five months from now, you could point to this game and I'd go, yeah, you know what? That was a big deal that they made that comeback. Yeah, I mean, it can be argued that they were perhaps at their lowest point. I mean, in, in those losses Absolutely. against Buffalo and Philadelphia, is the lowest point of the season. The, Buffalo, Buffalo's a good team, but the Jets should be better. Philadelphia's not a real good team, and yeah. they they four owed the Jets. Like that is that's a bad loss. Mm-hmm. They had a three game losing streak earlier in the year, right? Which was what Washington and Minnesota and Boston. Yeah, that's. Okay, I get that one. Yeah. Those are those are all playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was not a, pl- a, a losing streak against playoff teams. So, yeah, uh, that's it was such an enormous 20 minutes, and I think Morrissey captured uh, two and a half minutes to go in the second period. There were boos. Yeah. The crowd was booing for a third straight game, and they were drowned out by let's go, or go Jets, go. Mm-hmm. But there were boos, so it, it they did a lot of uh, they did a complete one eighty in that third period. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Derek Taylor, six eighty CJOB, a sportscaster, joining us right now. Derek, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate hey, it, buddy. For me. Yeah, yeah it's, no. it's, it was good. It's good to cover hockey for the month. Yeah, but, uh, how did you but, enjoy it? I mean, I mean, you probably like yeah, you know, I, I like football better. But uh, how did you enjoy the hockey thing for the last month? Well, it's it's always good, even when you get to even when you get you know far into adulthood to do things that absolutely paralyze you with fear. So. <laughs> And then and then realize, well, and then uh, and then to to work with folks and go, oh my gosh, this person knows a ton about what we're talking about. This yeah. is great. This is good. So we have some incredibly uh, knowledgeable folks about the the Jets in our in our midst, and I was I was just very happy to uh, to be among them, and that they uh, they made it seem like I knew what I was doing is a real testament to Christian O'Mel and Jim Toth and and, and all the gang. Well, let's not give too much credit to Jim. I mean. Uh... We don't want to give him too big of a head. I mean, I have to deal with this guy every single week. He's out. He's out right now. If you're wondering, he's out sick. Hopefully, he'll be back tomorrow. But Derek, thanks so much. You take care. Okay. Thanks so much thanks. for joining me. Thanks, brother. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, and text the show 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Getting some wonderful texts from everybody. Uh, this one from Rudy. Please no booing our beloved Jets. Obviously, uh, Rudy not happy with the with sort of the boo birds that have showed up uh, over the last little bit. This one from Chris, I was wondering, asking Jets Nation, be honest, how'd you feel uh, right before uh, Josh Morrissey scored, making it 2-1 uh, when the when the St. Louis Blues made it 2-0 there in the third period, early on in the third period. Chris Harvey texts the show. He says, I wasn't nervous. They were playing so much better than the previous two games. You could tell the effort was there. I had a feeling they'd be rewarded, and they were. To me, I was watching it, and I just felt like, man, these guys are squeezing the stick, eh? I was just I just had that feeling like my goodness gracious these guys are squeezing the stick because as soon as Josh Morrissey scored that goal it was evident to me and I just mentioned it to Derek Taylor um as soon as they scored that goal it was like this big weight was lifted off their shoulders and all of a sudden they started playing simple they weren't looking for the big money pass they started heading north south they were a little bit crisper there was a little bit more confidence, and it just built and built and built and built. And yeah, I mean, maybe that maybe we're going to look back just as, as Derek Taylor, six eighty CJOB, uh, voice of the Bombers, is um, is also covering hockey the last little bit. Maybe maybe he's right. He's got a good mind for this kind of stuff, Derek. Maybe maybe it's going to be maybe he's right. This is going to look back at the season when the playoffs get going, and this was a big big moment. 
for the Winnipeg Jets. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Uh, agrees with me. She says, Cam, after Morrissey scored the goal, it got the monkey off the Jets' back. Viewing the replay, what was Morrissey yelling at the crowd? It looked like, well, what he was saying was, let's beep and go. That's what he was saying. Uh, he looked mad at the crowd. No, no, no. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't mad at the crowd. We'll hear from Josh Morrissey uh, over the next little bit here as the show goes on, and he explains exactly uh, what he was talking about and what he was saying to the crowd. So we'll get to that eventually. But thanks for that text message, Lauren A. This one from Edward. Edward, a Texas show, 204-780-6868. The Jets right now are overrated. They pulled out a win in the third period against a struggling team. That from Edward. Uh, not buying uh, last night's win. This is from Dom. Uh, Jets played a good game. They couldn't finish in the first 40 minutes. Bennington was good. Third period, Jets took over, and J-Mo would not be denied. Uh, guys were also ticked off because our fans were brewing, uh, booing. J-Mo brought the energy. Yeah. Um, I had a great conversation with this. We'll head, we'll head to break right now um, with, with Greg Mackling uh, in the newsroom. You know, and, and it was about uh, Rick Bonus and his comments uh, after the game on Saturday, that he wasn't surprised the Winnipeg Jets got booed. And he said, Winnipeg fans, what they want to see is a 60-minute effort. They want to see the team play hard. And Greg's got season tickets. He's had season tickets for a long time. He's been to a majority of the games. He said he's only heard them get booed once. This isn't something that just happens. But the fans understand what a lazy stick check looks like. They understand what it looks like when a player quits on a play. And... If they're not going to go out there and play out, there had been horrendous losses that the Winnipeg Jets suffered here at Canada Life Center, or it's different names and stuff like that. And you didn't hear the Boo Birds. But the way that they were playing was not up to the caliber that they um, had performed earlier on in the season. And the fans let them hear it. The fans let them know that they were not happy. And neither was the coaching staff. Should the fans, you know, Greg said that. Should they put out a, a clap track so the players feel better? about their, their effort. They deserve to be booed, but they deserve to be cheered big time last night for pulling out that big, big, big win. We'll hear from KC. We'll hear from JMO. We'll hear from Mark Shifley and more from Rick Bonus uh, as we head afterwards, the 1230 News with Sarah McCarthy. Let's go Jets! Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Sarah. Where have you been? I've been here. Jim's not here. You're missing your other half. You weren't here yesterday. <laughs> what the heck's oh, going on? Just playing musical chairs. Yeah, yeah. I was in Dryden. Do you have any apology? You have nothing no. to. You're not. You're not offering any apologies. No. For, I had ba- to, for no. abandoning me. Well, Jim abandoned you too. Well, other, I, you're, don't, he's don't, your other half. Don't worry. On. I'm talking to him about that. We're having a discussion about that. That's good. That's um, good. Welcome to the One Minute Power Play with Sarah McCarthy. I, I know that we left something with you on Friday. We left you some homework. You did. Yes. Do you remember what that I, was? I do. It kept me up every night. You okay. know, I'm just thinking about it. Okay. So don't t- don't say anything. We'll okay. wait for Jim to come back. Oh, okay. But yeah, Mike in Manitoba plan. on Friday, he texted the show 204-780-6868. If you want advice from Sarah, just text in the show. Uh, we do advice at this point in the program. Um uh, Mike in Manitoba texts a show on Friday and he said, uh, Would you? And he wanted me to ask you, okay. Sarah, if I was in trouble, would you bail me out? Of course. Then we wouldn't have the power play. <laughs> Maybe that- I shouldn't then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. You're welcome. She'll be back at one o'clock. Appreciate it. It's nice to get back to normal a little bit. 
Thank you very much. 204-780-6868. 204-6868. A lot of text messages from you guys. I want to get to those first before we uh, get to the rest of the uh, audio here from uh, Jets players and, and, and from Rick Bonus as well. This from Hi Cam. Uh, I love my Jets. I would never boo them, but I'm worried about uh, inside the blue line. I hate how they become passive and box out on even strength in their own end. They need to be more aggressive and hit somebody. Force a bad pass. They are, are fine once they get over center. This break will be good for them. Peace. This texture says, Logan Stanley in or out? Is he done while well, he's been healthy? Scratch the last little bit. Um, I know that this is something we're going to dig into uh, over the next, because we don't we won't have a game until December uh uh, October, <laughs> December, October. See, I'm messed up already. We won't have a game until February 11th. Um, and so we'll have a lot of time to talk about and dissect the Winnipeg Jets lineup, what they need heading into the uh, trade deadline, um, some of those issues. And we're going to really, really dig that in when, when Jim comes back. Uh, but they need more from the defense. And I, I can easily say right now um, that I... <sighs> and I, 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 I love Dylan Sandberg. I see his trajectory as being the highest... Uh, so far out of, and I understand Logan Stanley's been dealing with a lot of injuries this year, two separate ones. That's really held him back. And, and, and I want to make sure that I make note of that before I say this. But I, I, they, need, they need an upgrade on the blue line. They need to bring somebody in because I'm just not ready to uh, risk uh, a playoff series uh, about giving somebody experience or time on the ice. Uh, this is going to be an all-in uh, playoffs situation for the Winnipeg Jets. It's not about next year. It's about this year. And that's we'll get into that more uh, as we get into this week and next week. I don't know. I don't know about you. Are you guys all star watchers? Are you all star watchers? Do you watch the all star game? Do you watch like the skills competition? I haven't watched it in years. I have no interest in it. It's it's not for fans like me. I, I never felt like that. It's more for like if you're from the Sunrise Miami region of Florida. Oh, the NHL All Star Game. Let's go check it out. I feel like it's more for. Those kinds of fans. Not, not to say one's better than the other, but that's just my my vision on it. If you want to comment on that, 204-780-6868. This text this is from uh, Kim. Hey, Cam. Great game yesterday. Phew. Uh, <laughs> I felt the same way, Kim. Uh, for potential trades, are we looking to trade Stanley Hinola? Thanks. I think that a defenseman is likely... I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball here. It depends on what other teams need. And what other teams that the team that the Winnipeg Jets are, and they're going to make a move at the deadline. I, I, I don't think I'm out of line saying that, but it it depends on what that team is looking for and what they need. So I'm not going to say that Logan Stanley and Ville Hanel are going to be traded because I don't know what that other team is going to be looking to bolster. Maybe they got a real full blue line and they're not looking to add defensive prospects because they have, they feel like they're confident in that. So I'm not I'm not I, I don't think. I'm not going to put anybody's name circled here and say this person's going to be traded, that person's going to be traded. We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, this texter says, game started ugly, but things started to get better. Not sure about the lines. PLD and Barron just don't gel, but I like the fourth line, and lines may look similar if they trade for a big stud. Um, I was scared about the game last night. I thought, oh, no, here we go again. Uh, Perry says, hey, guys, um, I was at the game last night. Well, it went from a library to a rock concert, and the players played a great 15 minutes of hockey. Good win, that one from Perry. And this one from Jeff was at the game. Morrissey's goal was big, but I believe Shifley's goal to tie it was just as big. That really got the crowd into it. Barron and number eight had really strong games. Uh, Wheeler is still struggling. That one from Jeff. I, I, I have no evidence or anything to support this. 
It's also why I think Josh Morrissey, uh, you know, didn't have any points in the last five games. I think he's playing hurt. Uh, I, I think Blake Wheeler's also injured too. I think he's dealing with something. And if the situation around Blake Wheeler, and I, I have no evidence to support that, just my sort of eyeball test, uh, Blake Wheeler plays <laughs> hurt all the time and has throughout his entire career. I think he's dealing with something. That's just the way I see it. Um, so I'm not. I'm not really because Blake Wheeler's been real, real, real solid this year. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna suggest otherwise. Uh, this texter says, uh, "BS booing yesterday was garbage. The only reason people booed yesterday was the coach mentioned um, should have been more last game. This game for the first period, they outplayed the Blues by a lot. Had 30 shots. Boo because the goalie is standing on his head? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Uh, seriously. Um." And the other side of that, Bob, hi, guys, was at the game last night and was thrilled by the third period after the 3 nothing goal, uh, 2-0 goal, um, was unsurprised by the booing by the notoriously faithful Winnipeg Jets fans. This is what happens. I think it sent a message to players, and the coaches can't emphasize enough. Yeah, I, I you know, and I, I've been on the air the last couple of days thinking that, like, the situation around Buffalo and the situation around Philadelphia where the team was just not doing anything and, you know, two-on-one, three-on-ones ended up with shots that missed the net or not even chances and stuff like that. Fans get frustrated. Winnipeg Jets fans are a very, very knowledgeable group. And so I, 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 I understood that those situations. Last night I saw a, a, a goaltender playing really well in Jordan Pennington, and I also saw a team nervously, and, and Josh Morrissey's we're going to hear later on, he, he, there was tension in the building. And the stick was being the sticks were being squeezed, and so I, I la, last night was not was not a, a game I think that that um, a booing was appropriate. But that's just that's my opinion. This one from Denis. No disrespect to Lowry, but Morrissey for captain C. I could see him as a leader now more than ever. That one from uh, Denny. Here's KC, uh, who says the team stuck together as they search for a goal. We knew that we had we had a lot of looks in the second. Um, you know, power play, we, it, was, it was a frustrating night. I thought we had, you know, a lot of shots there. Good looks. Um, you know, entries we were getting in fine. Just, you know, goalie made some good saves. It, it, it happens sometimes. You come into a hot goaltender. It's kind of what we preached. Um, stick with it. And, you know, once once we got that first one, it, you know, it's they really backed up and, um, you know, just kept on pushing. Uh, here's Rick Bonus on how he felt as the game started to slip away when St. Louis went up 2-0 early in that third period. We were playing well, and I know there's a lot of power plays, and the power play got a little it got a little disconnected there for a while. But 5-on-5, five five, we were happy with what we were doing. We had some great looks, and it was just a matter of staying, staying with it. And that team tonight, there was our guys, and I told them after the game, they were not going to be denied tonight, even though the Bennington was outstanding and kept them in the game. We were not going to be denied, and that's how we approached that third period. And here, finally, uh, for this segment here, Mark Scheifele on how his club can help, on how this win can help the club's mental game over the final 30 after the All-Star break. I think we needed that. I think we needed to freaking see that we could get back and, you know, go after a team. You know, really, really, really put it to them. It wasn't ever like every shift we were dominating the ozone, but we, you know, got on the forecheck, got on the forecheck, got on the forecheck. You know, they were just, you know, happy to, you know, chip it in and go change. So that was that was our hockey. Um you know, they. You know, every guy was was battling. Every guy was doing the right thing. And even when we got the lead, we kept doing the same thing. We got it in deep, got ozone time, made plays, made passes, and and that was huge. Patented uh, Mark Shifley frickin' there, uh, friggin' frickin'. Uh, he should patent that. I think he should put a trademark on 
on that word. Classic uh, Mark Shifley there. More text messages from you guys, 204-780-6868. This is from Brian. Uh, I really like the raging version of Josh Morrissey. Thanks for that text message, Brian, 204-780-6868. Uh, just in regards to the conversation we were having about uh, potentially a trade, and, I, and I'm going to stick to this line up until something happens. I don't know what the team, if the Winnipeg Jets are going to make a move, and I still think when we were speaking to Darren Dreger on Friday, uh, NHL insider, um, talking about the, the Winnipeg Jets aren't sure who they're targeting or what they're targeting or who's going to be available or what's going to be available. So it's kind of a wait-and-see sort of situation before as we approach the NHL trade deadline on March 3rd. Um, but I think the Winnipeg Jets need to make a move on a blue line. So I don't think Logan Stanley or Ville Hanel, I'm not going to circle those guys and say, listen, a trade is going to get made there because I don't know. And I don't know what the other team is going to be made. But I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to look um, and, and I don't think that they would be uh, against making a move because I think they understand that this year, who knows what's going to happen over the offseason here with Mark Shifley becoming a UFA um, at the end of next season, Pierre-Luc Dubois, we all know the situation around there, uh, Connor Hellebuck also in that group. Who knows what's going to happen? I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to are, are understanding that this is a season where you go after some big game hunting. So Dave texts the show, uh, Logan Stanley, very little trade value. Hainola would get more. I don't know. He's a big defenseman, uh, Logan Stan. I'm not so sure about that, but uh, yeah, point taken there. Uh, uh, that one from Dave. Uh, Johnny Utah text the show, 204 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Uh, let's go to Scott here, actually. Um, Scott, couldn't care less about the All-Star. It's a novelty for non-fans. So we'll go back to Johnny Utah here. Upgrade, Luke Shen on D and Logan Couture, and then we will win the cup. Guaranteed there by John uh, Johnny Utah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think in, in terms of what's going to happen at the trade deadline, I think there's going to be a lot of names. I can't believe Bo Horvat, by the way, has already gone um, uh, for what, what amounts to a, a conditional first-round pick this year that's top 12 protected from the New York Islanders. Um, Atu Ratu, uh, who's a player I've just heard of. I mean, with a name like that, I mean, he's got to be good. And, uh, 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 and also sort of a roster player, uh, Beauvillier, uh, from the Islanders. And I, was that the best offer that the Vancouver Canucks were, and were they certain that the offer was not going to get better than that for Bo Horvat? I mean, we're still over a month away from the end of trade deadline. Maybe wait for teams to get a little bit desperate. Maybe, maybe you know what? And I think Jim Rutherford, uh, uh, president of hockey operations for the Vancouver Canucks, I think he probably knows Lou Lamarillo, uh, GM of the New York Islanders, pretty well. And maybe this was the best deal. Maybe Lou said, "Listen, take it or leave it. That's going to be it. I'm I'm out of here after this, and I'm not even going to call you back." Maybe they just wanted to move on from this and get one of those, get rid of some of these bad feelings and sort of these nagging issues that have really been plaguing the Vancouver Canucks over the course of this year. I don't know. It could be a bunch of those things. Maybe this was the best offer that they were, that they saw themselves as getting. I'm surprised Bull Horvat has, has already been moved. That was going to be one of the big fish, if not the biggest fish, a guy that's got 31 goals. I mean, that's going to be highly coveted uh, by many, many franchises um, as they head towards uh, the NHL postseason. But I'm surprised he went so quickly. I'm surprised he went so quickly. I, I really am. I really am. Uh, hey, guys, love to get Ben Sherratt back, uh, this texture says. Yeah, 
Uh, ben Sherrod, fantastic Winnipeg Jet. Fantastic uh, Winnipeg Jet. I don't know if the Detroit Red Wings are going to be willing to drop him considering he's got several years left on his deal. But the Winnipeg Jets, they're going to have about $7.5 bucks to spend come the trade deadline. Uh, so there's going to be... Um, there's a lot of movement that the Winnipeg Jets are going to be able to do. And I think there's still an understanding that things need to get a little bit tighter. They need to know for sure who's in, who's out, and what players are available. And I think I, I don't think it's outlandish to think that when you see that big list of guys with of course without Bo Horvat on it now, but when you see that list of guys, the the you know, the top fives, the top six of guys here that are going to be available at the deadline, you know, maybe look a little bit below. Might be somebody on that list that you didn't even think of. And the Winnipeg Jets, that's usually uh, who they target. Let's take a break. Two, uh, 204 780 On the other side of weather, how did Josh Morrissey, the guy who sparked a victory, feel about the win? We'll hear from him next. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Obviously, uh, fans are getting on us, and at times, rightfully so. Um, for sure, but uh, you know, we have a great team. We've got a great uh, group of guys here, and um, you know, it just felt like we were playing a really good game tonight, not getting rewarded. Um, so, tried to get a little emotion. I just kind of blacked out, and uh, you know, we were we're a dangerous team at home when we've got the fans behind us. And like I said, um, they had every right to be on us uh, the last few games, but it's kind of like, all right, one went in. You know, we were just waiting for that to happen. Let's go. Let's get on the gas. Let's get them behind us and make it the, you know, the, the tough arena that it is to play in. And, um, you know, so anyway, it was just emotion, you know, nice to, nice to get it. And, um, you know, the boys, uh, like I said, I thought we played well all game, but uh, we found a way to, to grind in the third. That was uh, Josh Morrissey uh, after the win there. Uh, yeah, blacked out, <laughs> yelling at the crowd, let's effing go and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know he had it in him. I didn't know Josh Morrissey had it in him, uh, but maybe I just, it's because I don't know him all that well or at all. Uh, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Uh, got a, you can always text the show again, 204-780-6868, or you can send me an email at cam, uh, at cam at cjob.com, cam at cjob.com. Just spell it C-A-M. Jim te- uh, sends me an email. He says, hey, Nola, Sandberg, Stanley, take two plus a draft pick uh, for Chikrin. That's a future deal, though. If, if anyone's going to be going after Chikrin, it's because that he has a very good contract over the next number of years. That's a futures deal. So uh, I don't think Chikrin is out of the realm of possibility for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but if they're going to be continued this ask of um, – two first-round picks, there's not going to be any movement on that. There's no team that's going to be willing to do, to sink themselves and send two first picks. And maybe I'm wrong because maybe that's going to be proven to be completely inaccurate when one team goes out and throws for two first-round picks plus a roster player plus a prospect for Jacob Trick- Chickren. I could be wrong, uh, but I'm not sure uh, I would be willing to pay a price um anywhere near that here was Shifley last night on what the final frame felt like on the bench pretty big swing that third period you know you go from being down um you know two nothing to to winning that game in a in a pretty pretty fun fashion um you know changes everything you know it makes you uh you know a little bit of a sigh of relief and get to enjoy the break a little more but um you know we have to remember when we come back it's 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 
know, the game's only going to ramp up again and, um, you know, it's going to be, you know, we're going to have to have a few good practices and come back to work and, and, and use that third period template as, as this is, this is the way that we play. And this is every night. Yeah. Jim, thanks for, uh, Mark Scheifele there talking about what it felt like on the, on the, on the bench there in the final frame. Thanks for that email, uh, Jim, uh, Jim sent me that email to, uh, cam at, uh, cjlb.com. Um, that's bringing up Jacob Chikrin makes it even more strange that Bo Horvat's been traded so early. They've been really holding fast and waiting for somebody to make a move to send him a packing. Everyone's known for two seasons now that Jacob Chikrin is going to get traded. And Bo Horvat goes this early, a month before, for a so-so, I would suggest, a so-so bounty collection. I don't know. Anyways... Sarah McCarthy is going to have your news at 1 o'clock. Uh, I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.